beatbox. It's going to sound a little bit like... Welcome back to another episode of Good Enough with Stefano Sanzo. I am your host. Host? Host? <laughs> Stefano Sanzo. You, you are my listeners. A little group that I like to call the good few. I got a specific request to start doing this again, so I'll do it r- real quick for Avani, my new number one fan. Um, howdy do to the good few. <laughs> Hope everybody is doing well. I'm doing, um, I'm going to be honest, okay. I'm doing good. I'm great. However, uh, some shitty stuff happened today, and shit happens. I'll get into it a little bit. Uh, so, my car got hit and run. <laughs> it was. I fortunately wasn't in it, so I didn't get hurt, which is awesome. I love that I didn't get hurt. But my car got really fucked up. It was parked on the side of the road while I was at work. And uh, my boss calls me. He's like, hey, Steph, your car got fucked up. Come upstairs. Come check it out. I come outstairs. My car got hit bad. Oof. Did it get hit? They hit it on the dri- uh, the rear driver's side. Uh, the rim was destroyed. The tire was flat. The bumper was falling off. They, you know, taillight smashed. They fucking hit the hell out of it, dude. And they fled. Fortunately, some cool people in the area uh, saw some of it. And, uh, this nice guy who works for Xfinity was driving around the neighborhood. He went to a call and they're like, Hey, park around back. He swings around back and he finds what we were looking for, which was a Nissan, uh, Nissan rogue with some front end damage. And, uh, anyway, the culprit was found. Now, why am I getting into detail about the story? Cause there was a, I think there's maybe a learning or teachable moment for you guys. Uh, and definitely for me, and I'm very happy it went this way. I, was given the option to press charges, which is basically the difference between, um, you know, her getting a ticket or her, you know, getting arrested. And I'm not sure that they won't arrest her, but I chose for them not to. So I know she's at least get, the the driver's at least getting a ticket. But I decided not to press charges. I decided to not pursue more legal action. I I, I didn't want her to get arrested for this. And, you know, some people will give me shit for that as far as like Stefano, you know, she did a fucked up thing. She got to hurt somebody. And I agree. It's not, she, what she did was not right. You know, fleeing a scene, fleeing responsibility, evading responsibility is a shitty thing to do. But what a phony bag of shit I would be if I am always preaching that I'm in the business of putting smiles on faces and I love people and this and that and how much I believe in second chances and forgiveness and the goodness in people's hearts. Blah, 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 blah. If I, you know, if I were to pursue charges, if I were to try to fuck up this person's day, if I were to try to get some sort of revenge, people call it justice, but I think it would just be revenge to try to get her arrested. It's just not, it's not anything that I would take any satisfaction in whatsoever. So I decided not to. And maybe in the future, you know, she pays that kind of courtesy forward to someone else. She has an opportunity to, you know, she's she has the power to fuck up somebody's day, to uh, to say to, to to say or do something, to make a decision that's gonna fuck up someone's day. Or maybe she, because of this this kindness that I that I extended to her, maybe she'll extend kindness to somebody else. I, I don't know what it is, but I, I do know that I felt very good about not deciding to. Uh, she she has insurance, so ultimately, like, it, sh- it shouldn't cost me a nickel. But point being, like, it sucked really bad. I was really pissed about it. But there wasn't even an inkling, uh, an inkling to pre- uh, to press charges. Because why? Why? Why get the cops involved? You know, she did a shitty thing, and she knows that. I think she learned her lesson. You know, her insurance rates are going to 
jack up. It's not going to be great for her. But uh, I'm just glad I'm okay. And I'm I'm hoping you guys are okay. Is everybody okay? That's good. Okay is good. Uh, my guest today was not uh, was not a comedian. Um, he is a uh, he's the owner of my favorite bar, Bar 140 in Shelton. And uh, I've always wanted to pick his brain a little bit because he's such a cool guy, uh, sweet guy, funny guy, runs my favorite drinking establishment on earth. And I wanted to get to know him a little bit better. And I did. And you will too, because you get to watch us um, have an interview. And it was a fun time. We 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 talked about we, we talked about burritos a lot more than I expected to. But outside of that, uh, covered some things like, you know, owning a business through COVID, uh, having... He, he, he talked about his kid. He talked about, uh, we, we, we talked about beer. We talked about coffee and donuts, all sorts of fun stuff. It was, uh, it was a fun time. And I think you guys are going to enjoy this one. It's, uh, it's a real, it's like an NPR episode, you know, very, very calm energy, for, especially for me. But, uh, I try to match the energy of my guests. It was nice. It was nice. I, I would hang out with Joe again. Uh, that being said, uh, be sure to uh, check out the show I got coming up at the end of July uh, at Center Stage. It's going to be a fun one. I'm hosting it. Uh, I should be able to get to comics at Mohegan Sun um, July 16th. I think it's a Thursday. And uh, that'll be my first comedy setback. So I won't be completely new. To, I, I, I won't be completely rusty to comedy when uh, when I do the Center Stage show. Uh, so that's what I'm excited about. But yeah. Got a got a bomb coming up. I'm definitely gonna do poorly sometime because you know I haven't done comedy in months. Jesus Christ. Anyway, I'm gonna let you guys get to it. Episode 36 with Joe Bolero. You guys be good, be the best, or you know, just stay good enough. We'll see you next time. Couldn't afford the rights to any songs, so I wrote this one. What do you think I had for lunch today? Because I want to talk about this. I have no idea. You you strike me as a very granola kind of guy as far as like your whole, you know, you came in here wearing some kind of some kind of like so- like shoe that you don't wear a sock with. I'm not sure if you're actually not wearing socks. You have a very like islandy shirt on. You got the beard. You don't smell like patchouli, but you look like you might smell like patchouli. So I'm thinking it might have like it. It could have had some of the health uh, health buzzwords in it: organic, gluten free, maybe even vegan. I'm just gonna tell you, it was a burrito. <laughs> what kind of a burrito? Well, check this: the burrito, right? Yeah. To me. I mean, if it comes to lunchtime, there's no more concise way to eat lunch. No more concise. Because it's all there. It's right there. It's all there. You, you don't, don't need, need a plate. You don't need a plate. And uh, hold on. Before, before we get into the burrito talk, who the hell are you? Let my guests know. My name is Joe Bolero. I'm from Shelton, Connecticut. Hell yeah. As am I. And that's one thing we have in common. But going back to the burrito. Yeah, dude. It's self-contained. It's got like as far as macros are concerned, it does actually have anything. It's got your proteins, it's got your fats, it's got your carbs. And you could cater that to how you want. I mean, all day, yeah, like like the outside, you're always gonna have the outside carbs, the the wrap. But you could like maybe less rice or no rice at all. Like I'm I'm the kind of guy who like I might actually skip the rice altogether because I'm more of a protein dude. I want that beef. Also, you have options. Almost, almost now you could you could like lose the you could find like a gluten free wrap these days. You can you can drop the rice. It doesn't have to have the rice. It's one of those weird things where like it com- 
like a burrito, it exists no matter what for, there's so many things you could change about it. Virtually every single thing of it is modifiable, yet it's still a burrito once it's finished. For me, it's got to have those Mexican flavors, though. Like, I'm not the kind of guy that's like, oh, they've got a meatball burrito. Yeah, that's, that's disgusting to me. I hate... So when, when people do shit like that, I'm like, hey, let's ruin two things, right? They're like, let's do a pizza burrito. I'm like, let's make two separate good things well. Because pizza does not need any modifications. Burritos do not need any modifications. Those are good. And I once they were doing sushi burritos, and it was like one of the it, it, it was all buzzy and going big on Facebook. One of those vi- videos that went viral, and it's like it just looked like a big fat sushi roll. And I'm like, Egh! like you've made sushi unappetizing, and also made a burrito that looks disgusting. I don't want I don't want to introduce any more heat to sushi than than the rice. Right. Already. I want it to be pretty cold. Well, that was the whole thing. It was still cold. It was just like, it, imagine a massive sushi roll that that's like like a Chipotle-sized burrito. It's disgusting. All it's, the proportions are wrong. And you need, with a burrito, you do need the, the wrap just, just to form it. It needs to be pliable, so it needs to be heated up. Yeah. So it's got to go on the grill. And usually, preferably... Once you form the burrito, you put it on the grill a little bit just to give it a little bit of a crisp. Yeah, yeah. Because you don't you don't want a soggy. Because by, by, by the time you you've heated the the tortilla, put the filling in, rolled it up, it's got a little moist. Yeah, you want to put it on the on the grill just right. to. You, you, it's it's the finisher. It's it's just like at the end when like of, of a steak, you got to do that final that final searing, you know, to 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 really really lock it down. Absolutely. Now it's funny that you know so much about making a burrito. Do you serve a burrito at any of your locations? Let, let my listeners know, by the way, some of your some of what you're involved in. Well, I'm, uh, we're, we're, you know, to I don't know if you're going to drop this immediately, but we are in the like right in the middle of the COVID thing. Yeah, no, no, this I, will drop Sunday. I don't want you to like drop it next year and they don't know what we're talking. No, about. No, no, God, no. I'm going to sit on this one for a year. <laughs> no, this will be it. This will be out in a couple of days. Sunday. Okay, so everyone's aware that we are okay for 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 those of you who listen to it a year from now. We're kind of in the middle of COVID right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, so why I was why I was saying that is we just uh, opened up at the bar again lightly, you know? Yeah. No, we don't have a burrito there. Right. But at Fussy Coffee, we really dialed in a great breakfast burrito. Oh, okay. So you have two locations. Right. So you have Bar 140 in Shelton, which is my favorite bar on the planet, which is why I wanted to have you in. Well, that's nice of you to say. It really is my favorite bar on the planet. One, like, why do I think I have the authority to even say what my favorite bar on the planet is? I've been to a lot of bars all across the country, even some bars in uh, Italy, right? Like, I've, I've been to so many bars, and the bar experience is usually so similar. Like, like if you've been to five bars, you've been to most bars. For, for the most part, there's not that many. T- so it just comes down to, like, you have to really vibe and mesh with that specific bar. And what you the, the atmosphere that you guys put together at 140 has always been my just my favorite place. It's very welcoming. You could walk in because it's all like usually jukebox stuff. It it could be heavy metal one day, it could be rap another, it could be indie, and it's always good because everyone understands, hey, anyone's welcome here. Yeah, yeah. That that was that was the aim with there. Yeah. That was sort of the aim. And you to, feel it. To get that that was the least to get the vibe right. And and I'm a very social guy, but sometimes I don't have anybody uh, to hang with. And that's the only bar I've ever felt comfortable with going uh, and uh, alone. Because one, I know the staff and I know a lot of the locals. So I'll, I'll end up having plans. Like I get there and like I just latch on to somebody else's friend group that's there. And now I have plans for the night, you know, and they're spontaneous. And even still, I could just hang out with the staff. I really feel that way. That's that's all I can hope for. That's like the that's like the thing I hope to I hope to hear that's what i aim for that's right. my aim you know what's um 
we should, while we're talking about 140 for the record, we should talk about the the year. I don't know. We maybe what do we do? Maybe a couple months, two three months of uh, open mic. Yeah. Oh yeah. I wanted to get into that. So I want to go right. In, I want to go right into it. I have. I had thoughts about it. Oh, I've, fantastic. I've thought about it. So 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 like I had this. What in my mind was a good idea, but it ended up being a very like crap where you eat sort of situation where I was bringing comedy to my favorite place, which should have been my escape from comedy. I should. It should have been absolutely no. It should have been like completely off off guard. I shouldn't have had any thought in my mind to put on an open mic at my favorite bar. But for whatever reason, I'm like, I want to do my favorite thing in my favorite bar. Why wouldn't I? And now and then it was okay. Now and then it was good. But ultimately, I'm like, ah, oh, no. I, you know, well, you know, to step back one one step back. Right. I love how much uh, creative energy you have. You have oh, lots of it. Oh, I have a lot of energy. In gen- gen- you have a lot of it. It's not just creative. It's also destructive. It's also, there's okay. all sorts of energy flow through me. But I try to use the the positive stuff so yeah i try to use the creative energy a little bit more at least the one that i've experienced yeah you know and 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 as as much as we know each other i've really only seen the like a guy when i you know i'm like this dude's got a ton of creative and he's like yo i got this thing going on you want you want to do this oh he's got a thing oh he's got a thing uh (laughs) do i have to answer right now i haven't even i I, like for me like to, to like commit to a creative thing it's like i gotta be like think this one through same here. is that how i want to oh same and and imagine me being involved in the amount of th- different things i'm involved in yeah. i always have that like someone would be like oh do you want come on my podcast or do this comedy show or like like uh, i agreed to do it i was going to do my first gig at comics and then someone hit and run my car today so like i don't even know if i'll be able to drive to it it's a whole thing i'll probably talk about it in the intro but like where's uh, comics comics is uh at let me not get this wrong. It used to be at Foxwoods. Now it's at Mohegan Sun. I believe I have that right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so you'd it, want to find that out before you drove to the wrong one. Yeah, though, exactly, so exactly. You'll know sooner. I've been or later. to both when they were both. So I, so in my mind, I just get confused because like, it's still just casino town to me. You know, yeah. it's if I, the only reason I'm heading up that way is to go to a casino or bury a body. Yeah. And yeah. There's a lot of good, a lot of soft soil there. Exactly. <laughs> um. But so the uh, so okay, going back to the to the comp the open mic comedy, right? I was like, so, I like, I like loved it. I thought it was so cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was definitely cool. And I, I was like, I was like so excited. You're like, oh, we should do this open mic comedy thing. I was like, that's like the best idea I've ever heard. <laughs> but then, uh, not but I don't want to say but <laughs> please, it's but yeah, but but I realized, I think we all realized it was like. For someone who was just having dinner, yeah, to for to like for a comedy show to sort of build itself around them, yeah, they'd be like they do start doing some crowd work, and dudes like just want to have a sandwich. Well, when when you put comedy in a situation where people didn't come for comedy, you've you've kind of broken you've broken the agreement that makes entertainment work, which is in my mind, I call it I I, I literally call it consent. Like the reason that uh that music like like the reason that so many different live performing performing works is because there's a consensual agreement between the audience and the performer that you're going to give me this and i'm going to give you this like for example with theater um they've consented to be lied to right they've consented that uh, sure this is the 1940s sure you're uh this man sure you're this age sure you have this accent we we like in normal life if i came up to you and tried to sell you that crazy of a lie it would be egregious but in the performance setting it's like, okay, we've made this agreement. You lie to me because it's going to be entertainment and we're, we're that's fine. Now, with comedy, 
it's very similar. It's like we've agreed to hear these jokes and we've come here, we've given you money. None of that is there at an open mic, especially when it's like something that's never had an open mic before. Yeah. So <laughs> you're kind of just throwing throwing this comedy at people's faces. And it could be really it, it, it could be really jarring. It could be very uncomfortable when you didn't come to see comedy. It, it reminded me of that Aziz Ansari joke where he's like hanging out with Kanye West and he's like, you know, tell me some jokes. And he's yeah. like, He's like, I don't even have a microphone or yep. or lights or, uh, a, you know. So, and, and the music's the same. Like, sometimes the music would just alienate the whole room, too, yeah. at the bar. When it's really? Like, I find, sometimes that, it I works find sometimes. that hard to believe. I think music is a way easier sell than comedy in a lot of situations uh, because everybody likes music. But tell me more about that because I, I, I just assume that live music is always a plus. <sighs> It it might be, and maybe I'm coming from the wrong side of it, being on the music the musician side well, you're more both than sides of the, it. Yeah, I, I'm more on the play in a bar or play in a venue or play in a you know play a concert guy than I am booking music in my venue. You know. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, so it sometimes it was like, and when it, when what is playing music for you? Just guitar? No, no, it's playing. You know, it's playing live and it's playing bass and guitar and keys or whatever okay you know singing uh it's you know it's working in a studio working in the studio creating writing uh, playing on things so. yeah some of the just the more broader points of art in general like, I so, those like, things i understand <laughs> yeah I, I i you know when it comes to music i'll do any i'll do any of the the i like doing all of the different things that's cool uh so trying to be on the uh bar side and book mm -hmm. someone to play it's the same thing. It was the same thing with the like with the comedy, where it was a little bit like sometimes it was like, oh, a bunch of people came out to see music. Good, that works. Exactly. It's like no one. Really, we had to, we booked the show at on a Wednesday, so we booked it a little early, so people were still eating dinner and yeah, they were yeah. chatting, and it, you know, they they don't feel like oh, I I I came to a concert, I better be attentive. And yeah. They're like I'm sitting in this bar having a conversation with someone, and someone's playing guitar now. Right. So yeah, no, there's a there's yeah. logistics to producing a show of any variety, whether it's music yeah. or comedy. We have to we do something called building the room. I imagine you probably talk, say it the same way in music, but uh, when, when in, in comedy, it's called building a room where you start by introducing comedy lightly and on a heavily announced so they know what's going to happen and consistently to a point where they could start to expect it and it starts becoming less like oh, I showed up to a bar and there's comedy, or no, I showed up to a place that, like, we specifically come here for comedy. In the same way that, like, you know, karaoke, the first time you do it at a place might be a little weird, but if you know something has karaoke uh, uh, religiously every single Wednesday, well, now you go you go there for karaoke on Wednesdays. Yeah, yeah. So you want to do the same thing with stand-up comedy, and I think, yeah, I think it just fell apart uh, before, before we could really get there, and maybe not, I don't know if it was the right place to begin with, but... I, it was still fun. Yeah, I, you know... When it was good, it was good, and when it was bad, it was bad. I... Bombing at your favorite bar. Oof. Oof. I think I, you know, I've always thought the comedians were like the the closest, you know, cousin to the musicians. Very much as so. far as yeah. the uh, the spectrum of art, art yeah, artistic goes. Yeah, they they are the that the music scene is the one that I tend to get along with most. That's not comedy. That's that's the one that makes a lot of sense to me. That uh seems to understand what gigging is they like they're very very similar in it's in the very struggle. similar yeah it's very similar you know th like i think the difference is you're sort of uh like in comedy you, you don't have a, a group though you don't have a band right 
right? right. You know, that's that's to me the the bigger difference. But like you know, we go, we go out and play solo just mm-hmm. the same. So I mean, that's and you can bomb just the same, and you know, not even be you know the, the be playing just fine, but no one cares. Yeah. You're in a room where no one cares. Uh, or it doesn't really, you know, that yeah. hap- that happens all the time. Yeah. I've actually gotten, like, I, I'll, do, I'll do, like, work gigs, right? Like, mm-hmm. I do gigs that are playing covers in a bar. It's just like, a, you know, it's just like doing a, a work. Like, I don't feel like, you know, like I'm, I have to connect with them on the level when I'm playing with, the original bands or the music, the music that I've really put in something into. You know, I'm just playing songs that I l- like really like in a bar. Yeah. And sometimes no one's listening, but they like it anyways. Yeah. They, it's not that they don't like it. They're just in a bar and they're chatting with their friends mm-hmm. and like, you just turn it off and play and do the work. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, three hours later. So I'm the crazy supportive guy because I, I understand the struggle. I'm the opposite of a heckler when it comes to music at a bar i am the loudest guy i'm the one who cheers and it's not an ironic or uh sarcastic thing it's because i understand uh to i under i actually understand the plight of performing in a bar so when a music musician is throwing down i will be the loudest member i will be cheering i will be wooing i will be clapping and i have to ask is that enthusiasm wanted or not (laughs) (laughs) me to a musician like 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 would they um would like, would that be hurtful or helpful? Because I can't help it, but it doesn't hurt. Okay, but I suppose to some to the I more, th- to the more introvert, yeah, it might I be can like, see. please stop. Doing that. I'm, <laughs> I'm fine by here. But I'm fine here in the corner. By yeah, myself. yeah, exactly. I've I've just considered that now that like I might have been I might have embarrassed a few musicians here and there with my enthusiasm because I I am enthusiastic about it and I, and when I see them out there, I'm just like, oh, I just. I see I see someone out there doing the same thing I'm trying to do is just entertain an audience, right? And uh, because comedy is so, I need to see a reaction from the audience to know that I'm doing well. I guess I I I put that I push that forward on the musicians, but musician in music, the kind of thing like if if nobody is making any you know applause or anything like that, you might be doing perfect. You're like a piano player in a jazz bar, you know, just like kind of kind of tickling away at the old ivory like it, it this isn't the kind of place where people are going to burst out into applause but you're probably nailing it you're probably doing exactly what you need to be doing in that that's moment. the job sometimes right. is to just be there yeah that's not comedy you know? no no <laughs> yeah no. we don't that's have the, that there's a the difference yeah. there's a difference yeah. and and i guess because uh like you said about how i'm involved and in, you know have this creative energy I could understand it from multiple perspectives because while I, I'm not a musician per se, like I don't perform music, I do musicals and plays and there are plenty of moments where you do every single thing right. You do this incredible acting or incredible singing or incre- you do you, you play the scene exactly how it is. You don't miss a beat. You don't miss a line. And the audience is dead silent because they're supposed to be dead silent. That's the right response in the moment. That's that's the same thing as the laugh, you know, because yeah. there's a rhythm. There's a rhythm to the to the theater, right? Where absolutely, it's, like, it's happening. It's all happening. It's hit this fever pitch, and the lights go out. Okay, yeah, it's time exactly. to clap. You know, and the funniest thing is, um, every, the same thing with comedy. Every audience is different. Uh, theater, every audience is different as well, where you will have, you play something the exact same way, the exact same time, and you do it 10 different times. Ten, for, for me, it's typically 10 different performances for the community theater I work with, Center yeah. Stage and Shelton. And one night, uh, something that gets an applause, uh, something that was dead silent one night will get an applause break and a standing ovation. Another night, it'll get a laugh. Another night, it'll get like a, ooh, like a balk, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, 
It's all the same exact moment. They're the same lines. We're not changing anything. There's something about the soul of every audience that their responses are going to be a little bit different. And we can never quite nail why it is. And you could usually, based on the first response, like an early on responses of the audience, you have an idea of how they're going to react for the rest of the show. Yeah, you know, I think there's a, a rhythm to the, to you know, when you get a, a bunch of people in one room. There's like a rhythm. Okay, so that's what, yeah, there's that's like what's a, in common. You know, I think that, that it starts to fill the room and, and you're like riding that rhythm with everyone. And if everyone's on the same beat, I think I think that's when those moments hit more. In any, you know, yeah. it, when you're when you're doing stand up or when you're playing a song. Right. If you play a, a great song a little too fast, you might miss the real that real hook or you play too slow or whatever. You know, with a with stand up, you know, you want to get those get that rhythm going. Mm-hmm. And and if you're just not on that beat like you want to be, I think that's like where where like comedians feel like a little Yeah. Well, it's something I've been talking because I talk to so many different artists from all the different spectrums. It's something that uh, with performative art, it's something I've been discovering with film actors, stage actors, musicians, comedians. It's building and releasing tension. It's all it is. It's you you, you do something to get that. uh, ah, And that uh, could be a like in a a horror movie. It's a scream In in a comedy show. It's a laugh. In uh, in you know, or it could be in a drama. It's a cry, or or that dead silence could often be the big, uh, the big crescendo. But it's just tension. And and in music, my God, it's you you know exactly what. And uh, the element of surprise isn't really there as much. Actually, you could fill me in a little bit more on that. Like, can you still surprise people with music, even though people typically understand? Like, it's almost a song is almost like a language where like. Because it's on a, a four, uh, you know, it's it's in the key of C and it's to a four four beat, which is something we are so familiar with. We know that the course, the first course, is about to strike right now. I guess maybe a key change was one of those ways you could be like, "Whoa!" and that's that changes up the song. In the eighties, that's what you would do. You'd modulate the yeah. last chorus, like yeah, a Bon exactly. Jovi song. Yeah, exactly. And then, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Yeah, you, you go. I, I am such a sucker for key changes <laughs> and any song. <laughs> Just they still feels kill me. so good. Yeah, you did nothing. You did nothing at all. You on on a computer, you moved everything up a couple of, just a couple of octaves. Like nothing happened. No, um, I I love that. I, to, the, to go back to the question, I think, I think, um, yeah, I think you can surprise people in music. Still, I think that's the part that why why people still love it is, especially now, like either how quickly new sounds are made and mm. new beats and new sort of like just just feels feels you know the it's like how you know because you can make a beat that you can't play you know it right on your computer right like, like i could never could have played that beat mm-hmm. but the, here it is yeah and even if i could have sort of played it i can't even i couldn't play it more than once you know right. like that so so that to me to me that whenever i i stumble because when i write things and i work on things or someone sends me a song to play guitar on i usually am surprised by whatever comes out because i didn't go in with a plan and maybe that's just me and then and, and then on the live side is People get so much. People, I mean, like I, I've been hearing people talk about how much they miss live music now. Mm-hmm. When you go to a proper concert, like going, like going back to where, or maybe where the the music and the comedy don't 
don't always hit in a bar. Yeah. When you go to a proper venue with mm-hmm. a proper stage and sound and lights, that's something that people can't have at home. They love it. You yeah, know, you like, can't. It's like, None well, of that stuff. It's like you go out there to play the songs as well as you can, but don't worry if you're if you're a little off that night, the lights are going to take care of you. I mean, it. just just the visceral reaction I get from seeing a speaker box at a venue. It's not, unlike anything you're ever going to see in anybody's house is w- just one of the speakers and they have like eight, you know? Thousands of watts of the, You look at one of those things and you're like this is why I came here. It's the size of your refrigerator, one of them, right? And it's hanging 150 feet in the air. You're like this is a modern marvel what I'm staring at right now. The stage uh-huh. is set. All they you you play you play just one chord on a guitar. You're like, "Oh my god, you just lit my world on fire" because it's something so and the kick of a bass drum that's, at a concert. That's what people love the most is all the subs. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just make. This is what I've been wondering about. And, and uh, some friends of mine are doing it, The some drive-in concerts. Uh, and I was like, my first question was like, are they going to have like a, like tune into a radio station right. or an internet radio? Or th- or is there going to be front of house sound? Or mm-hmm. And I don't know the answers to this yet. I'm, I'm interested to see. I, I an think, audio engineer, I think, will still be, it's not going to be the same as what you hear, uh, as, as the setup for when you're standing but i think they'll be able to design something that's ergonomic and and travels into the car and makes you feel you know yeah 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 if you had an what especially if you have like an awesome system in your car yeah well this is awesome i'm saying like from playing outside but you know make sure all your windows are down i hope yeah i hope that like they have front of house so that the the audience can really get that. What's full. front of house? Like, like you know, the, the sound, like the sound system out front, and it's oh, not yeah, like yeah. an internet thing. Yeah, or like a radio. Yeah, no, I wouldn't want any of that. that I would wouldn't, I wouldn't want it to play through everybody's cars. That's that would just not suck. right. Yeah, yeah, that would, yeah that, that would blow a lot. I would rather just watch it from home. Yeah, yeah, but I think it could work. I think I think what what you're describing the the driving. I don't know about driving comedy. I haven't been to it yet, but I know that they're starting to do it. They're doing. I know they're doing it. Like I th- I don't know the dates, but I know like uh, some of my friends are playing out out in california this week there's like they're trying it out and mm-hmm. so it's going to be one of the early ones so i'll you know i'll give an update to you i'll send you an update on please Halloween. please do i i don't i don't know how it's gonna go um, I'm, I'm concerned about it i think there's some, some red flags for me though as far as safety really how um well uh, how so you're, you're gonna have a bunch of people drive their car into like a a big field right and like do you know people get but so people are just going to want to get out of their cars and dance and hang out. Like that's true. And like, like a music concert is like probably the wor- probably worst place to, you'd be singing out loud and breathing out loud. Like that's probably like, as far as COVID goes, one of the worst places. You yeah. Can. Yeah. It's nightmarish, <laughs> nightmarish. It's, it's, it's like, uh, it's like COVID's like vacation as far as like, yes, this is, this is the retreat I've been waiting for. This is finally music's it, back. Yeah. How easy will it be for me to infect all these people? I think about that a lot too, man. As the, I, I, sh- I was at the end of a 14 show run of Mamma Mia when we went into quarantine basically. Oh my and I'm God. like, shit, like where was that going down? Right in Shetland. Uh, a lot. That was over, center, that stage was over center stage. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it's like, God damn it. How, as far as exposure goes, I feel like I can't not have been exposed. You know, because because of what was going on at the time, <laughs> like like it was the most selling show, the most people ever, most individual people to ever watch a center stage show. That was the record. We set it because <laughs> oh normally shows are only ten shows, and right. we did uh, we did get closer. Uh, we did fourteen, and uh, yeah, man, it was. Um, 
don't know. Did you have any like crazy expo? Well, you own a bar. <laughs> being in the bar, being in the restaurant. I mean, I was playing concert, you know, playing some shows and mm-hmm. concerts right up to it. We canceled that Thursday before. I was a, it was a bummer, but uh, this group that I play in called the Split Coils. We're supposed to go out to like Long Island or, or somewhere to go play with the Get Up Kids, who we, you know, we just oh shit, we the just Get Up love. Kids. I know that. I, I know of that band. They're great. They're great. They're band. We 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 had two shows lined up with them, and we were like stoked because they're going to be big and be yeah. awesome. And uh, we just, we canceled the first one. We were like, dude, we can't. It was like, that was like right where, when it was like first starting and getting, and it was in New York where it was like really bad. So Mm -hmm. they were all sold out. So for us, it was a bummer. Yeah. It was like, well, you know, we we can't go into a rock club. I keep talking about on the show. I was about to do like basically the biggest show of my life. It got, if it was a weekend earlier, it would have been fine. But it was the weekend where everything shut down, shut down. And uh, one of my favorite comedi- working comedians was going to headline. Uh, Who? Uh, this guy, Josh Gondelman. You don't know of him yet, but he's big. He's going to be big. Um, I don't know if you ever heard of Mark Normand, uh, who's very, very big. Uh, he's got a special on YouTube that just hit, I think, three million views. Like, he's been on Rogan a couple of times. I want he, that YouTube money, dude. He, yeah, yeah, right. He was, uh, he was possibly going. He, he, was, he was interested in doing a guest spot on the show. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's so cool. And we had to cancel it. Um, so, yeah. You know, a lot of a lot a lot of people. You know, it's not the worst thing yeah. in the world. Obviously, people also lost their lives. Yeah. So um, maybe yeah. I seem a little insensitive. Complaining yeah. about my problem. But you know what? No, Actually, no, we're just talking. We're just talking, right? You know what? I still. Th- but everything is valid. You know, like you can't you can't always consider the worst things that have ever happened in the world when you consider something bad that happens. You you have to consider your own struggles and your own achievements. At the same mm-hmm. time, just because someone's done something incredibly better than you doesn't mean you don't get to celebrate your achievements, right? Yeah, no. So in yeah. this, and I guess in a similar vein, it's like, yeah, worse things have happened to other people, but right now a bad thing happened to me and let me process this. Yeah, well, you know, we weren't, we had no idea what we were getting into. No. We, had, we had no idea, you know, at that point, it's like, oh, um, we're going to miss this show. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, hold up. They're going to shut us all. They're going to, we're going to be home, you know. Mm-hmm. I remember talking to you. I think I was one of the people who actually told you that they're shutting down bars and stuff. I don't know if you remember that, but I was I was with my buddy Josh at Bar 140 right right before anything actually ever got closed and I'm like, "Yeah, they're t- they're talking about shutting everything down." And you're like, "Huh? Eh, really?" You know what I mean? And uh, maybe you had just heard that from a lot of people or you just yeah, but it didn't seem it didn't seem Of course it didn't seem real. Real at first, you oh, know. not God no. Um well cuz one something to consider is that the amount of information that we are uh indoctrinated with on a daily basis it's like it's not that it wasn't real it's like how many earth-shattering things happen daily how many what would seemingly be life-altering things happen every day my my information liver is shot yeah (laughs) such a good that's such a good point that's exactly what it is yeah i need a liver transplant i feel like 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 data like info content is if it's a drug i'm at the end of my rope right now i'm i'm at rock bottom i need to do uh uh, fucking uh data anonymous like i i need to i i need to get out of this hole and i think a lot of people are like that so yeah when this was happening to me it was just another thing we were joking around about you know it was another thing about oh you gotta watch for that coronavirus but this is the real shit like like yeah yeah, I, I, you know, I didn't know. I didn't know going into None it. Of us I, you know, I didn't know going into it what it was going to be like. Yeah. You know, especially because owning, owning, owning a restaurant right now is. Yeah. So talk a little. That's one of the big reasons I wanted to have you in here is is to talk about that experience. Because everybody talk, talks about 
businesses and what they're going to do. But I, I haven't been hearing from a lot of them as far as like getting a chance. Like you live through it, you know what I mean? And, and had to like, what was that like for you? What was that uncertainty just on the business end of things? You, all of us experience as a person, but not a lot of us have a business, especially one of the businesses that are like, how do we even make bars work again? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, the, I gotta say, we've been working so much the last couple of years, like crazy so much. And me and my wife had a daughter. Uh, she turned two during the during the uh, the quarantine. Like I worked, I was just working so much. So there's a big part of me that was like, "You mean we can't go to work?" <laughs> and I don't have to have any, you know, real. I don't, I don't have to feel guilty about it or anything. Yeah. It's like it's like part of me was just like, "This is a time that." I'm never going to get again. Like what a great, what a great time to stay home with, with my daughter for three months. So relieving. Cause I thought, you know, that whole time I was like, Oh, all businesses. I'm like, you poor bastards. Oh my God, this must hurt so bad. And yeah, obviously you guys took a hit, but it's nice that you could say something positive about it. Cause well, we all know all the bad stuff. Exactly. It's, (laughs) it's inherent. I actually say that a lot about negativity in general. It's like, why I'm not negative is because negativity is just so easy as far as like, it's right there in front of you. You don't, I don't need to explain to you why I, I just got shot in the chest. I don't need to explain to you why this is bad. We know why it's bad. You know what I mean? Got to be positive and figure out solutions. I'll tell you the drugs here at this, at this hospital for getting shot in the chest. Exactly. Are plus. <laughs> the food here though is, ooh. Ooh. <laughs> that's a, that's a gotta be a universal tone when, when as you go, ooh, yeah. like we almost hit, we were, you know, it's, it's, it's communicating a lot with not saying much. You know what I mean? <laughs> The food was when we had the you know when we went to the the hospital to have the babe to have the baby, the food was pretty was pretty brutal. I'll say that it was rough, right? It's pretty rough. Yeah, um, I I don't for the amount of money that hospitals get from insurance companies, you think they could fork over a little bit for like a decent meal, even if yeah, it's just they, like they, go grab a subway sandwich. They gotta have like so they, you know they're they're like they're so they have to hit like very precise nutritional values. That's true. So that's, you know that's you get this plate point. of food, you're like. There's something about the actual presentation of like the the hospital pink plastic that skeeves me to my core. Like the pitcher that the water comes in, I know it's just a pitcher of water, but there's something about that specific outdated like 80s plastic Tupperware pitcher where I'm like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's very, it's it's not, it's just so hospital. It's, it's very specific to that environment where you're going to find something like that. It's a little Pepto-Bismol-y probably, yeah, right? Exactly. Or at least it probably was when it was new. Yeah, exactly. I also kind of fell back on this a little bit because I think that's sort of a growth, that, that particular uh, vessel to me is a little kind of funny and gross they must have an awesome dishwasher there it must must be like a conveyor it's belt gotta dishwasher be the size of this room like or something so hot and like is you know yeah because it's got to be uh hospital clean oh yeah and you never see a i've never seen a dirty dish in a hospital i'll give them that their food is disgusting but that shit is cl- those, those right. are clean you know i've seen a smudge on a fork or two at a restaurant but i've never i mean i guess they use plastic and stuff for hospitals yeah. but but yeah the trays and the cups and all that stuff like yeah what the hell are they washing that with there's thousands of people. A badass, a badass dishwasher right? with, like, with some s- sweet chemicals. You could probably wash a car with that thing. It's pro- probably almost big enough to at least wash a motorcycle. Right. <laughs> um, and I'm just picturing it in my head, so I mean, I could be totally wrong. Right. Um, God, now next time I go to a hospital, I'm going to look for the dishwasher. I want, 
I hope I'm not disappointed, but I feel like I might be hyping it up. Hey, where do you guys wash the dishes? Right. They're, what? This is a hospital. We fix people. I'm like, yeah, I know you fix people, but your dishes are really clean. And I want to see how you do it. I just want to see the size of the machine. Right, right. It's not a machine. It's just one guy. We call him the machine, though. <laughs> anyway, um, so something I wanted to... Uh, it's actually something I ask all my guests. It usually comes up earlier, but we were just kind of ripping and jiving this whole time. Um, although it could have already been answered before. I um, still want to get to it. What makes you happy? What gets you out of bed? What keeps you going? I've been sort of accused of like being pretty, you know, being like very easily happy before. That's, that's fantastic. That's not an accusation. That's a compliment. So, yeah, I mean, I, I like almost, do you want me to like, I don't know, maybe I could just like list things. You could list some And if stuff. there's anything that you'd like me to elaborate on. I'll That's stop. perfect. Yeah, I love that. I wish more guests answered exactly that way. <laughs> Coffee is right up there. I mean, I'm, and I'm and I'm kind of going through the be- you know the start and finish of the day. Coffee. Uh, this being a parent thing is fabulous. Mm-hmm. I recommend it. I you know, I was running around today. I'm gonna give you a back story on that. By all means. And I got home, and uh, my wife Tiffany and Indy were painting rocks. And she's like, she just comes to the door as soon as I got home. and was just like, dad, paint with me. You have to Aww. paint with me. I was like, I need to take a shower and I need, to, I have to do a little more work today. She's like, you need to paint with me. I was like, I have to paint with you. Damn it. Yeah. I do have to paint with you. <laughs> and I'm a, I'm a horrible painter. Right. So the, the whole dad thing's killer. Mm-hmm. I love guitars. I love donuts. If like there was a, a desert island food. What's your perfect donut? Chocolate glazed, uh, like a, you know, like a, you know, like a, I'm trying to think of my, you know, who's got, I think they're closed across the street, the donut shop. They're done. Oh, yeah, they, that's they, my favorite they donut. They just shut down. Really? I know. I heard they were gonna, I heard they were gonna close it up this year. I don't know. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily a COVID thing. I think they were just, I think they were, they're done. They're done. I yeah. love those donuts. I love donuts, but donuts, I love all kinds of donuts. Donuts too. are incredible. Yeah. That's, that's another thing. I don't know. Like, like. The only reason I ever have a choice in donut is because there's usually a choice in donuts. But if there's only the worst donut left, I'll still want that donut. Like, I'll at least try it. Right. Um, strawberry glaze for me. That's like, Ooh. that's, I've always loved it. Both the look of it and the taste. It's, mm. it's, it's everything I need. It's like a Simpsons donut. It really is. It really is. And I'm kind of Homer at times. Um, and then like, for like more on the gluttonous side, the the uh, Boston cream. Love me the Boston cream. I know it's a lot. I know yeah. not everyone can handle its richness, but um. Oh, you know what? I'm I'm not, I'm not trying to like plug anywhere too much, but by all means, dude. In Waterbury, there's a place called Brooklyn Bakery. They have a ridiculous Boston cream. Really? Like, it's crazy. I would drive. I would try it, dude. It's it's right off 84. I don't know where, but. Oh, it's next to that hot dog joint. It's next to Frankie's. Okay. So if you know where Frankie's is. That place, I don't know, man. They're they're hot. They're they're uh their Frankie's hot dogs are good, but uh their donuts are killer. I couldn't imagine how terrible a donut shop's hot dogs would be. But um, <laughs> what if yeah, what if your shop was Joe's uh donuts and hot dogs? Like just are you are you just trying to get me to make the joke? I mean it's <laughs> The classic. It's my, I just, this is a a monument to myself. It's my two favorite foods. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. But hot, uh, uh, hot dogs are good too. I, you know, this is my big hot dog month of the year, I'd say. J- 
July is the July, only month of the yeah. of the year that really any human being should be eating hot, your dogs. hot dog. If you're eating Okay, then there's I guess there's baseball. Like baseball season you're allowed to eat a hot dog. But outside of a baseball stadium, I'd say if you're not eating a hot dog in July, you've probably fucked your life up a little bit. <laughs> or you're seven. <laughs> if there's a great hot dog place though, like you know, there's a couple of Yeah, okay, places, yeah, there's always a great hot dog. Like the I'll windmill. give you that. Yeah. We're talking like I'm not so, trying to plug all these other it's places, fine, it's but fine. the windmill has yeah, yeah. great hot dogs. Is that in Stratford? Oh yeah. Oh, I've actually done comedy there. Have you? I swear to God, yeah, I've done it. I've done it. Done a few comedy sets there, uh, both open mics and shows. Well, we we because we, at the bar we don't usually want to be cooking for ourselves on our Christmas party. Yeah, so we, we've had a couple Christmas parties there. Oh, that's awesome! And they're always really nice to us. Yeah, why would you want to go back to crap where you eat? We've we've had it at the bar before and mm-hmm. had like a have it had it catered by someone else, or right? You know, but uh, we've gone so when we really don't want to do anything and just want to be crazy, we go to uh, the windmill. That's awesome. So go back to the other things I like. I like. Did I say I love guitars? I just you do. I love guitars. Right. I love all kinds of guitars. Mm-hmm. There's that in just... the same way of donuts, where there's you know I love so many different. It sucks kinds. that you can't eat the guitars, but I understand there's you other to ways. Keep, there's, you get to yeah, keep the guitars. There's other ways you get to appreciate things. As a fat kid, I think the best way to uh, appreciate something is to eat it, and I'm not going to elaborate on that, but you can infer. But um, I, <laughs> I uh, thinking, yeah. But um, I don't. I just. I guess I, I appreciate a guitar because so much of my favorite music has come from great, great guitars and great guitar players. But like, I'm not. I am a hobbyist, but not in that regard. I like. Yeah, guitars are cool, and I'm glad people love them in that way. Just like, just keep making sweet, beautiful music with them for me, please, and thank you. Yeah, yeah. I like to obsess about them. Yeah, and back to the coffee. Uh, yeah. I love a cup of coffee, man. I am a fiend for coffee. I could go a so day good. without it, but I don't prefer to. I yeah yeah I could I don't need it yeah it's one of those like you, you <laughs> I, get, I don't I swear I swear yeah I as it. an adult you should acknowledge you you, sh- you should take good uh a good inventory of the substances you're putting in your body because you know they're 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 all taking up some sort of points and you got to think like do I need this or do do I not need this and I've gone a couple months without coffee to see if like you know what it is for me and I gotta say man I don't want to live life without it I love it it's it, without coffee feels like I'm living uh it's like a coloring book with no color in it you know what I mean like what you know what I love about coffee the more than just the drinking of coffee like I like to just drink coffee of course if if I go to a somewhere and there's a pot of coffee I'm gonna have some coffee just because I like to drink it I yeah. like having a hot beverage in my hand hot beverage is the way I to love go. having I love driving with coffee yeah I love, I love making coffee. You know, the thing is the routine of it. The ritual the of coffee, my, absolutely. My coffee ritual sets the pace of the day. Yeah. That's what's important to me. Now, are you a Keurig guy? Are you a... No, I make pour-overs at home. I make V60 pour-overs. V60 pour... Is that... Just is, have to Google it, listeners. Is that the little... Uh, is that the... I'm trying to think of the device. It looks like a coffee cup, but it's got a... A, uh, it looks like a cone, though, mm, with a okay, hole yeah. in the bottom. You throw your filter in there. Yeah. You rinse your filter. You get your water to the right temperature. You get your coffee to the right grind. Do you use like an electric uh, water heater so it's at the perfect temperature? I have a good. I have a good tea kettle with a with a gooseneck spout so that I can control the flow of the water. Whoa. And I use a scale with a timer, so that it's perfect every time. That's that's fascinating. I just do like a. 
just like a Mr. Coffee setup. It's not quite curious. There's nothing wrong with it. Right. No, because there's still a bit of a ritual to it. You put the filter in the thing. You count out your scoops. You put the perfect amount of water. Um, and yeah, I take usually a third, like I, I always fill my thermos with coffee and I don't think I need to be drinking that much coffee. It's just having the size of it's the, I don't want to bring half a thermos around. I've had to put myself in check before with the, with the, with the consumption. Yeah. I need, I, I, I should probably dial it back because it's like, there's a golden hour of caffeine use for me where it's like, this is euphoria. I am operating at peak performance and I still have 75% of my coffee left. And it's like, I'm going to finish that and I'm going to go into anxiety territory. <laughs> oh, the anxiety can take over. Yeah. And it could be good or bad, usually bad, but you still want it. <laughs> you never turn it down. Yeah. Like if you've had enough, but you're about to get in the car, you probably, you know, I'm going to fill up, you know? Yeah. Sometimes if I know when we're on the road and we're like, you know, torn or something and we are getting coffee in the morning and sometimes we just have to settle for whatever's local. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's Starbucks or whatever, but, you know, we're not always in like the cool part of town with a great coffee shop. I'll usually, if, if I know I'm going to be in the car for a while, I'll usually get a coffee and a cappuccino. I might not finish the cappuccino. I've never heard of such a move. If I know it's going to be a long time. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. And like there's really, when we're traveling, the coffee, you know, it makes the memories. It's yeah. like, it gives the smell to go, okay, I'll remember this. The I'll have this memory co- here. Oh, yeah, because yeah, that connection to smell and memory really brings you to something. And then every something time, to me. And then every time you take a sip of coffee, it brings you back to certain. Every van and bus smells different. Yeah. And, and that, I'll usually associate that with, with that tour, that, mm-hmm. that time. And uh, are you one of those people who has like any sort of allegiance to like Dunkin' or Starbucks or anything like that? Like, oh, I can't drink that or no, no. Yeah. I was I was thinking of this today. I was I was hel- I was helping my uh, father-in-law. He builds houses, so I was doing a little bit of construction work today, oh, which fun. I li- I really like doing. And I was like, uh, the guys are taking a, a lunch break, so I was like, oh, I'll shoot over to down the street there. And I was like, you know, I was immediately wanted Dunkin' because mm-hmm. I was like. All the guys at the construction site at Dunkin'. I was yeah. like, I gotta go find a Dunkin'. <laughs> and I, I went out. I got a burrito. Oh shit! And I was like, you know, to circle it all back. I, I think there's a gotta be a Dunkin' around here. I couldn't find one. No kidding. I was like in the. I was in like no man's land of Route 25 in Newtown, where I know there's Dunkins along that route. But I was not, I did not find one, which is weird. Anywhere within, within reasonable distance, anywhere in New England. Like, let's say I didn't have a GPS on me. I always have a GPS on me, of course, because of a cell phone. But let's say I had no access to a GPS, mm. and I didn't know the area. I feel like I could probably find a Dunkin' Donuts because there's so goddamn many. They sort of they sort of flooded the their own market. Yeah, I think that they. I think that, they're their own enemy. I think they could have maybe grown that brand. A little different. A little bit. Oh, that's I don't an need, interesting take. I don't, need, I don't need one in like every, you know, um, gas station. Yeah. You know, I, I like, you know, I like when there's one like in the center of town. You can go, I like, I like, I like all kinds of coffee. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I prefer a mom and pop. For I'm, that reason. I'm definitely like, you know, going to go to like a hipster coffee joint. Of course. Well, you, mean, own, I, you own yeah, one. You own a you hipster know, coffee joint. I, yeah. So, you know, that's, that's yeah, what yeah. I like. Of course. I really yeah, that's like what that. I prefer. But I don't mind, you know, if I'm, especially if I'm doing construction. I want, mm-hmm. I want a Dunkin'. There's something about that uh, when you're doing that. that, that it har- goes so good with sawdust. Yeah, that hard-nosed American shit. You're like, you know what? I love craft beer, but I need a Bud Light right now. <laughs> yeah, in the summer. Yeah, this summer has been like Millard time. Yeah. 
That's what I've been at. Oh, that's always a good one. Your uh, your go to cheap beer because obviously you know there's there's all sorts of different crafts you can get yeah. into. But like you need a you need a cheap one to always be able to rely on. Mine mine can change from time to time. Mm. I I don't I don't behold to uh to any of them i will list some of some of them over the years my first go-to cheap beer when i was first drinking beer in college Mm -hmm. rolling rock really i bought a six-pack rolling rock uh during covid yeah it's pretty cool brought you back a little bit brought me back yeah Yeah. brought me back um uh lately it's been miller light yeah, I, I I've never been a Miller Lite. Not guy. interested in Miller Lite at all. I like Miller High Life though. Miller High Life is the truth. That's that's the champagne of beers, and I'm 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 right there with you on it. Um, my go-to cheap <clears throat> cheap beer is uh, Narragansett's. Love love me a Gansett. I find Narragansett to be a touch sweet for me. Really? Yeah. I think PBR is a little drier. Mm. Schaefer's real dry. That's it. Schaefer's a good one. That's a good cheap beer. Uh, Rheingold. Ryan, I don't think I've ever even heard of it. Oh, it's like an old, it's definitely a granddad beer. Yeah. And I don't know, someone must have rebooted it because it was available for yeah. a little while. Well, well, I, I, you know, I haven't seen it in a while, but we had it at the bar in the first year or two, I think. I mean, it's a great looking can. Yeah. You know, it's like a $2 can though. <laughs> like, like there's still some profit left right, in right. it, even when you sell it for two bucks. Yeah. So, and, and you know, you know, so Yeah. Currently, it is Miller Lite. Yeah, but it's it's because it's been COVID and we've been you know drinking beer more often. Yeah, like, I found myself oh like my I, God. I, I well then I had to eventually curtail it. But yeah, during the quarantine, yeah. I was actually my go to th- during quarantine was uh, Yingling in a can, which is funny. Uh, I don't think there's anything special about Yingling in a bottle, but for whatever reason, the Yingling's in a can. I was able to just pound. Also, devastating hangover. Uh, <laughs> Again, a little sweet. Yeah, it's a little ha- bit of a sweet. I have one. to admit, I was getting pretty bad hangovers from it, but um, really good going down. It's just you got to pay for it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, me and my friend Ryan. This this was years ago, but for some reason, I don't know why, it was our Super Bowl tradition. I don't even think I watched the game much, but. We would drive to New York in the in the morning and go buy Yingling before it was in Connecticut. Remember how it? good it tasted before? Oh, it was really good then. It, yeah. yeah, there was a time in Connecticut where you couldn't get Yingling beer, and I know not everybody is from around here or even understands what we're talking about. But uh, yeah, there was a time in Connecticut you couldn't get Yingling beer for whatever reason. I didn't quite understand it, and every time it came out of state, it was the same thing as like when somebody brings back a Cuban cigar. You're like, yeah. "Ooh, I got Yinglings, man! You can't get these around here." And yeah. you drink them, and you're like, "Oh, these are great! Why can't we buy them?" And now that you could buy them here, they're just subpar. They're yeah, just, they're just there. the The lore's gone. It's there. What about uh? What about do you do the craft beers? I do well. Okay, so funny thing was uh, a couple episodes ago, uh, my guest and I kind of trashed it, even though I I do drink uh, craft beer. Like, basically, I the past couple of years I've fallen in love with all these beer alternatives, and it just kind of made me mad at the fact like I don't always have to drink craft. Yeah. But um, there are there's plenty of craft beers that I actually do love. Yeah. Um, but uh, like Magic Hat Number Nine is one that I go like that's that's a go to craft. That's like you're in a time machine. Yeah. That's like that's like an early craft beer. It really is, man. But it was one of the ones that I think got got it right, you know, cuz to this day I could still drink it. But um Magic Hat in general, but my my number one my favorite, uh Camp Wanamango by uh by uh Harpoon Brewing Company. Okay, I haven't oh, heard of that. I my haven't... god. The 
There's so many. I, you know, I'm supposed to know them all, but I, I can, I can't. You can't know all the beers. You can't know five percent of the beers. There's thirty billion beers out yeah, there. There's so many. And um, yeah, dude. But uh, so what else have you been doing to keep yourself busy through this these past three months? So like, you, you, you basically you're a very hardworking dude, and then out of nowhere, you had to stop working cold turkey. But so you, you, you got to yeah. hang out with the daughter. Yeah, I, I got to, I got to like, be. Be dad at home. Did you do any actual writing? Did you do anything performative, I, crea- creatively? Yeah, I got to, um, you know, like I got to like do some work I'd been meaning to do at my house, mm. which then let me led me down the path of putting my my little home rig back together and yeah. have time to do anything and, and have the energy to do it. So like I was kind of going down after the baby went to bed a couple nights a week working down in the, on. Uh, on tracks you know mm-hmm. uh people were sending me stuff because everyone was home everyone was was when working you, when on you music say people were sending you stuff what do you mean you know we can email each other like the uh the audio files now and we can play on them and send them back right and so you're producing for other people or mm-hmm. these are your bands how is this these are people i play with oh, uh, cool. for the most part uh, i was just playing uh i play with this guy zach clark we've been playing together for for years we've We've gone to other people's bands together. We've played in other bands together. We come back and I play in his group. And my role changes kind of every album. Mm. Like uh, we met when he was making his first album. I, I came in and I ended up playing bass on half half of it or so. Then he made his second record alone. Third record, we went to Nashville and I just played. I ended up playing bass on everything almost everything and playing a little guitar how long were you in nashville we did two we did two trips there maybe two weeks each or a week or something like that i've only been in nashville for a night but it was really awesome oh i love it it's the only time in my life i was ever able to listen to country and accept it and understand it as art like like really truly appreciate it fully like the the, what country is right now as someone that like has come to love country music uh, I know, I know if you grew up, if you didn't grow up with it, it does sound sort of alien at first. Not necessarily alien for me. It's, it's hard. I could listen to cheesy because I'm a cheesy person and there's very thing, very many things that I, I appreciate about cheesy, but there's something about the brand of cheesy that country is that it's very, very hard for me to fully accept. But when you put me on a honky tonk in Nashville, I'm like, I'm here, baby. There's cowboy boots. There's 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 dancing. There's Johnny Cash's like gr- nephew was on stage that night. Like literally, and I'm like, okay, right now this music sounds right. I'm here. I'm in it. Just like you know, I wouldn't. I'm not gonna normally listen to Italian folk music, but when I'm in rural Southern Calabria, I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. This is the shit. So like, I was able to process it because I was I was enjoying it where it's meant to be enjoyed, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's that's country music sounds real out of place in Connecticut. It's meant <laughs> it's meant to be enjoyed in a, in a, in a lot of different ways. So yeah. yeah, so yeah, you know. How did you build it, your palette for country? So you used to be someone who didn't like it. I just didn't know anything about it. I wouldn't say I was didn't like it. I that's just I, real, I I don't think I ever really. No, even that's actually to a really much. good point that I'd like to uh, reemphasize is that yeah. You sometimes it's not you know you process something as I don't like this I hate this you could you could say I hate this real easily but in reality you just don't know about it yeah. and that goes with people that goes with art that goes with everything you you yeah. don't fully understand it so your first in, in instinct maybe it's a human instinct is to say I don't like this thing 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, are, what you what you should say or what I what I should say in those moments are I'm not ready to like this thing yet. <laughs> give I me like that. give me a give me a minute here. Um you know you just with in with music though it's like you usually meet the dude who like can explain it to you. Like like it's like you know I met you know when I I went out to go play with Hot Rod Circuit when I was 21 and uh Casey who's a guitar player in the band like had got the country fever and is and and is to this day you know a full on you know troubadour mm-hmm. country music he kind of put me down the path that you should check out you know coming coming from being a rock and roll listener yeah um some he he put me in the in the direction to hear some things that were like originally you know like like a good bridge between rock and country. Ah, that's and a good And then move. from there, and then from there, I went down and, and learned all this other stuff about it. And like, it did sound, it, like it, I remember feeling, I remembered feeling awkward listening to like, on my own time, go listen to like, an old country song. Almost like if you sh- showed up to a country bar dressed the way that we are. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I felt, yeah. I a little felt, out of place. You feel like, even though nobody's actually watching you, you do feel like you're in a room with a bunch of people watching you. Yeah, yeah. And over time, I kept listening to it and finding all this great music and these great songs. And that's my favorite part about music is just songs, you know, more than more than great, you know, wild productions and sick beats. Yeah. <laughs> I like really, you know, I like songs the best. They're my favorite thing. So then all of a sudden the songs just sound like songs to me. Yeah. And they could have the country twang on them or they could have the rock and roll edge or whatever. Yeah, once you can and accept, as long as you could accept it as music, that's the first step. It doesn't sound, most music doesn't sound all that different to me. You know, like good. jazz sounds different to me because right. I don't understand Breaking it. a whole lot of rules. Right? You know, like yeah. I don't, to me it's like, I don't get that. Like that, that does sound like music to me mm-hmm. because I, I can't even conceptualize it. Right, exactly. Uh, but like country music and folk music and rock and roll and pop music, all of me, it's all the same, you know? It's yeah, like, I a, could drive a, a, a lot t- of similarities between all those for sure. Yeah. Uh, there's just, like I said, just, I'm, I'm getting there with country. Um, I'm, I'm, I've been, I'm around someone recently who, uh, who listens to a lot of country and I'm like, eh, I'm probably going to be spending a little bit more time with this person. I got to figure out a way to, uh, process it fully. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, yeah. um, and there's even there are some country songs that I will always be like I know are good and maybe I should start from there as far as like like Chicken Fried like Zach, okay. uh, Zach Brown really like that's that's a great song yeah. like you I don't care who you are that is a great song and I I just me I wish can, it was more consistently at that not necessarily that, that level, song kind of just makes you smile right it just makes me smile have you ever tried skipping and not smiling it's right? almost yeah. impossible it's like it's just a song about fried chicken and jeans and america and beer like and that's a decent amount of country music in general especially country that nowadays yeah see yeah from for the most part for me i i don't really uh subscribe to much of that myself i've heard like that song mm-hmm but like I don't know much much modern country music too much like modern well, old school country I'm stuff. all about yeah well, that's that's where I'm at oh okay yeah no that stuff all day all day um yeah. uh well, well Johnny Cash for ex- for example Perfect, again yeah. oh my God I you know I went down a Johnny Cash hole before and uh that's it, a funny that's that's a hole. funny word oh yeah a cash hole. funny cash hole yeah 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 a, a, a Johnny Cash hole but uh a hole. <laughs> 
of Johnny Cash's. There's no way that you could order those words where it comes out exactly as it's supposed to sound in my head. But um, hello, yeah. welcome to Johnny Cash Hole. <laughs> welcome to the Cash Hole. I'll, I'll, uh, uh, my name's Johnny. I can never get to. I can never get to. My yeah. lowest would not be his highest note. I always gotta, you know. I gotta be I sick sing, if I sing any of his songs. I gotta really, yeah, know, knock it up a couple, a couple steps. I got or like if I'm sick. Or if I just woke up, sometimes my voice is still low enough for. I literally, I've woken up and started singing like Ring of Fire. I've, I've done that before, just because this is the only time in the day where my voice is gonna be able to do it. Or yeah, when I'm sick, it's happened. <laughs> well, you know, we gotta get there somehow. Exactly. Uh, so something I ask of all my guests, uh, we're right winding down at the end of the episode. Uh, I don't know if you listen to any episodes. It's not necessary. Uh, is I plan on putting this uh, podcast out forever. Even if I'm not doing it anymore, like I want these episodes to always be up, always be accessible. Uh, which is why I asked my guests um, at the end of the episode to speak something into infinity, to put something out there, something to remember you by, maybe a piece of wisdom that you've learned in the years that you've spent being you with your specific experience. Could be a piece of advice, could be anything. But I allow you this opportunity. Wow, that's de- that's that you that has some weight there. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Something I want people to remember. I'm going to have to shoot from the hip, and hopefully it's good. Um, I don't know. Uh, you know, have a good time all the time. <laughs> have a good time all the time is good, man. That's good. I'd, I would like to take credit for it, but, uh, you know, I, I've, learned, I've learned that along the way. Along the way of what? I got to say that's actually in Spinal Tap. God damn it. <laughs> Son of a bitch. It's it's valid though. Everybody go watch Spinal Tap is is what uh is what we should get out of this. It's just something to think about. It is. It absolutely is. I do I really did used to live by that. Um That could take some before, years off your life real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but before seeing the movie and, and that just gave me a way to say it yeah. more concisely. Yeah. I do try to have a good time all the time though. It's good, man. Because, but like I said, you know, like I was saying before, like it, a lot of different things are fun to me. Hell yeah. You know, like, so if I can have a good time all the time, that's good. I agree, Joe. Uh, tell people where they could find you. I guess that would be find your businesses or maybe some of you, the music things you could plug, anything where they could go get a little bit more of yeah. you. Well, you know, I'm always at the bar. I'm always at Bar 140 in Shelton. You can catch me there a lot. Uh... The music thing's uh, sort of sort of tough right now. We're we're, yeah. we're 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 pretty shut down. But you know, there's music there's music you can hear that I'm part of that is on the internet on the Spotify. You know, um, you could check the Split Coils out. You can check uh, all the Zach Clark records out. You could check. Oh, we haven't even talked about my friend Coley at all. But uh, we have a bunch of music that uh is out we have the queen killing kings record is always available we have a it's a really cool name for a record it was um it was the name of the band it was the name of the band mm-hmm. uh the record is called Titleize. it's available the second record never oh, came cool. out and that's the same story with uh our we have a group called smoke signals which is coley and pre-mentioned zach mm-hmm. clark it's the three of us so we have one record of that out uh, it's all, all on Spotify. the The Smoke Signals one is f- a little funny. There's another band called Smoke Signals, and it's under the. 
I got to call my lawyer. That's all I got to say about that one. <laughs> no, uh, but yeah, there's there's lots of music to listen to that that I've got to be part of, and there's more, and I'm, I'm probably not, you know not I'm not even going to remember to. Uh, plug it all i do have one gig coming up and i was going to mention it because you were talking about um doing the the um yeah man plug your gigs the the um center stage yeah is we're doing i i'm playing with the alpaca gnomes oh shit a local favorite and we're doing a gig there we're doing a gig on your stage there oh awesome for the downtown sounds i love it which is uh, the festival that the, it's like a you know if you're not from Shelton here it's a it's a summer festival mm-hmm. and um, music music festival music art beer hanging it's all it's a really cool thing we've done it before it's uh, the gnomes have done it before and the split coils have done it before uh, so we're doing it online very it, cool it, the, man. the festival's going to be online. Uh, next Friday is next Friday the seventeenth. It's the seventeenth, whenever it is. Cool. So that'll be cool. We're gonna try that. I don't know what that, what that's gonna be like Nobody to, to try to like. Man. Uh, we're gonna go to the to the stage and we're gonna. I think we're gonna try to tr- test it the night before. Nice. <laughs> test the internet out. Right. How's the internet here? I don't know. Right. So yeah, that's that. You know, that's that's about all we got really going on. You know, split coils are working on new music though, so. Hopefully, when this comes out and show, maybe some shows come back, we'll have some new songs for you. Hell yeah, dude! Uh, and and yeah, that's you know, that's the plug. Thank you. Uh, as always, you can find me at Stefano ninety three on Instagram, uh, Stefano Sanzo on uh, Facebook, uh, at Stefano on Twitter, uh, at Stefano ninety three on TikTok. Although I'm pretty sure we're about to ban TikTok in this country because, as I've said a million times before, it is one hundred percent Chinese spyware. Um, and I got a couple of gigs coming up. Uh, follow me on Instagram for more stuff on that. Uh, you go check those out. We're doing like an outdoor show at center stage. And as always drink more water and be nicer to each other. Mic drop. <laughs>